CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now in OA, breaking down the action in China ahead of the big U.S.-Beijing meetings and charting how to trade Japan's breakout moves this week. Plus, just sell it ahead of earnings is now the time to get out of the sneaker trade and slip into another sector of this market. And later, bellying up to the bar with shares of Constellation, hitting the used car lot with CarMax and looking back at our trade on Adobe after a monster move higher. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action. We're live from the Nasdaq market site. On the desk tonight, Mike Coe, Carter Worth, and Brian Stutland. We start off with the broader market. Stocks closing lower today. The S&P breaking its six-day winning streak, but still notching its best week since March. The move comes after Wednesday's Fed pause, the central bank leaving rates unchanged after 10 consecutive hikes, but signaling there could be two more increases at least later this year. So, Mike, what do you make of this action here? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that surprised by the price action when you consider that this is it really we got very well telegraphed uh, communications, I think, from the Fed. They were signaling that there was a pause that was going to be possible. They signaled that there was going to be some hawkish activity on the back of that. That's exactly what we got. And, uh, you know, I think they're basically trying to navigate this in a, in a fairly ticklish way. I mean, when I was taking a look at the inflation data that we got, of course, before the, the Fed actually, the FOMC uh, results came out, you know, the CPI numbers look OK. The Fed's preferred measure of inflation is PCE. Uh, you know, the core uh, inflation on the other side, though, at 5.3 was a little bit high. And I, I think that's still pretty ticklish. I, I think people shouldn't underestimate uh, that sign that they they might actually give us some more rate hikes, uh, despite the fact that I think a lot of people think that this might be it. Yeah, uh, Carter, you know, what's interesting, too, is we continue to see the broadening out of this rally, even as we see many big cap tech stocks notch new record highs. We are obviously having issues with Carter, Carter's audio. So I'll pose the same question to you, Brian. What do you what do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, this market's very interesting. When you look at the sort of the broadening out of the market, we talked about this a bunch of times. These mega large cap names are just really leading the market. And that's where you kind of want to be, because we go into recession. They're well protected. They have great, strong cash flows. If we don't go into recession and we move higher, they're also in the AI tech game. These same names, Microsoft, NVIDIA. Apple, Google, all that to the upside. So certainly that's a place to play. As soon as we saw the S&P 500 sort of push through this 43.20 strike, there was huge open interest on options that expire at the end of this month, at the end of June, at the end of the half year. And when we saw the market push through there, it was sort of took off because we saw this excessive call buy. We look at this indicator between the amount of calls bought on the S&P and the amount of puts traded, and we saw massive call buying as soon as we got through that strike. So maybe there's some room to go. But we're a little bit extended right now. But when I get to see a pullback, given the amount of bullish sentiment out there, if I get a little bit of pullback in the market, I'm probably a buyer. We got Carter back, apparently. So, Carter, what's your take on where we are in the S&P right now? Sure. I mean, look, I, I have uh, doubted this. I ultimately think, of course, it's it's you're reaching levels that are borderline hysterical. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, many people think the market is quite cheap. 
and we're back to there is no alternative. Uh, what we do know is there is something called sequencing. Even in the most epic collapses, you get counter trend moves, i.e. big ricochets. And in the most epic run-ups, you get counter trend moves, i.e. Uh, sell-offs, dips, corrections, declines. And that was sort of the sentiment of a Bank of America strategist Michael Hartnett. Do you see this big rally ahead of a big collapse, Mike? Where would you stand on that? Yeah, I mean, just speaking very quickly to something that Brian was just talking about with the unusual call activity. I mean, there's a, a number of things that would potentially drive that. So you have people who were essentially underexposed, who are looking for a little bit of leverage to the upside. Uh, there are people that are essentially performance chasing otherwise. And finally, for those that have actually seen some significant gains, it makes some sense to say, look, we've, we've had a very sharp rally off the bottom. I can actually replace some of my long equity exposure with calls. I can have further participation if the market continues to rally here, but limit my downside exposure. And that's aided by the fact that implied volatility, which is the price of options, is relatively muted. So you put all of those factors together and these flows make a lot of sense. And I actually think the trades make a lot of sense, too. For those of you who are exposed on the long side, don't have real tax disadvantages to reducing your exposure to the underlying equities and can replace it with upside calls at reasonable prices. I think that makes a lot of sense right here. I mean, to me, this does feel a little bit extended. Uh, you know, there is sort of a dichotomy going on. Some of these high-flying names, the valuations are not so compelling to me at this point anymore. All right, let's go beyond the U.S. and look overseas. The euro hitting a new high against the yen today, the highest level since September 2008. But Japan is also at an inflection point in comparison to China. And it comes as Bill Gates meets Chinese President Xi Jinping and Secretary of State Antony Blinken travels to do the same. Carter? Right. So, I mean, there's sort of a very divergent uh, messaging, if you will, or just a reality performance in terms of the very important Japanese stock market, as measured by the Nikkei, and also important, uh, the Hang Seng. Let's look at a comparative chart. You see it on the screen here. So, uh, divergence, one's up this is a this is a you know a 2018 to 2023 47% versus down 33 let's look at some other iterations now the next one you'll see is 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 a 10 year i mean this is one is unch uh, of course that's the hang seng and then the nikkei maybe do one more for fun just to bring it back even further a comparative chart and so uh, they trade places we see this but right now i think the real move is to take some profits out of very steep uncorrected uh, nikkei type names and to re deployed into the Hang Seng. Let's look at them outright. Here's the, here's the Nikkei with its 150-day moving average. It's the highest reading in the past 10 years. By contradistinction, take a look at the Hang Seng. The Hang Seng is something that is basically bottoming. And what I think you see here, of course, is a, is a pretty important head and shoulders bottom. 150 days just starting to turn. I want to put money here, having taken some out of Nikkei. Mike, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like this. You know, I, I was getting long in some of the China names earlier this year. We actually mentioned it on this show a couple of times, and many of them look cheap. Obviously, they have not performed well. Uh, and so just from a valuation perspective, you know, it does seem like a more attractive place, to me at least, to deploy capital at this point, if we are starting to see some technical support for that kind of uh, positioning, because obviously getting in early was, was a painful thing to do. But now I think might be the time. All right. Well, Brian, you've got a trade on all this. Yeah, I do. And I, I thought about doing some sort of option pairs trade. But listening to what Carter said, I think it does. It makes a little sense. Take a little bit, let's say, out of Japan or the EWJ ETF. Let's say you had exposure somewhere. 
And I'd be looking to buy a call spread on the FXI. Now, that's an ETF that tracks Chinese companies and plays to the upside here with my call spread I'm looking to buy here. I'm looking out to July. The end of July, I can buy basically the 29 strike call and sell the 33 strike call. My price target on FXI, if you look at that sort of head and shoulders bottom, I think there's a very good opportunity. We get up to this $33 level and I can only spend 95 cents on this trade while looking to make 305. So I've got a great risk reward trade. I can get some play to the upside. And when you look at the fundamentals, we talked a lot about the technicals here. But when you look at the fundamentals on the FXI in China, we see tin supplies very constrained right now. Look at the backwardation in the tin futures market. It's ex very extreme. Copper prices all of a sudden have started to rebound. We look at call buying in a company called Vale, which is iron ore, which ships from Brazil over to China. All this is a manufacturing play. We've seen some stimulus from China. So if we sort of get this manufacturing stimulus upside play out of China, that head and shoulders bottom that Carter lined out looks very compelling to me. And I'm using a cheap call spread to do that, take profits, rebalance from other parts of the market and add into this little bucket. All right, let's uh, get to Nike now. The retailer attempting to climb back from a recent drop, but it is still negative on the year. Results are due out in about two weeks. So Mike, what do you see next here? Yeah, I mean, Nike's in kind of a difficult spot, I think. I mean, our, our valuation, we're getting to about 35 times earnings. Now, it has traded at higher valuations that, than that. It certainly did during the pandemic, but, of course, that was just a function of, you know, basically lower earnings at the time. We certainly saw some significant slowdowns. I think at this point, you know, one of the things that somebody could take a look at doing if you own the stock is you could look at selling a covered call. And just a couple quick things. When you sell covered calls, you want to keep them relatively short dated. You want to sell calls that are unlikely to be assigned. Uh, I was looking out to the July 125s. You could collect $1.70 for that. That's well over 1% of the current stock price. So that's a decent yield, but it's only a 20 delta call. So 80% chance implied by the options market that this one uh, is going to expire worthless. And further to that, one other point, you know, the recent highs that we saw were up around that level. I think it got up to about 128 or so uh, several months ago. So that's the other thing you're going to look for, areas of potential resistance, so that when you're selling that call, there's less likelihood that it's going to blow through your short strike. Carter, how do the charts look? Well, uh, we guess it's not a would you rather, but take a look. I've got three. One is a chart with no drawings, no annotations, no judgments, and here it is. Now, the bullish interpretation, here it is coming up, you'll see is uh, to call this a head and shoulders bottom. But that's sloppy. You can see that. I think it's really a pair of twos, final chart. Um, basically, we have two converging trend lines. They're very clear. We've bounced like a pinball machine off the upper and lower band. I think we're just going to stay stuck in the apex here a bit longer. Brian, what's your take on Mike's trade? Yeah, I mean, we own Nike for clients in our value bucket, but Mike mentioned 30 times earnings. Is it really value anymore? I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I still want to own this. I think selling a call, sort of taking some premium, if I get called away, fine. It's probably, you know, too expensive a stock to own anyways at that point. And then to Carter's point, we stay at this apex and it trades around an area. Those are times when you want to sell option premium, sell calls to overwrite your long stock position. Yeah, Mike, last word here. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a company, it's interesting. I happened to go by the Fifth Avenue store just yesterday, and I noticed that people were queuing up outside at 10.30 in the morning. Store opens at 11. And, you know, there clearly is still some demand. But, you know, when we are having such a strong run as we've had, getting up to these higher multiples, it does feel like we're running into potential exhaustion. And this is a time to, you know, just be patient, look to try to collect some premium. It's not a trade we recommend that often, but I think this might be a good time for it. 
All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. There's much more Options Action right after this. Don't let the holiday shortened week fool you. There's still plenty of earnings-related action to trade around. We're focusing on used cars and wine bars with CarMax and Constellation brands. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Welcome back to Options Action. Summer's here, so it's time to crack open a cold one and chill out, or that's at least what Constellation Brands is hoping for. The spirits maker up about 7% so far this year, underperforming the broader market. But Mike is laying out a way to play the name if you think the spear stock could bubble. Let's start off with Carter, though, and the charts. Carter, how do they look? All right, we'll do a short term and a long term. Constellation Brands was making all-time highs seven months ago when the market, of course, was struggling, very defensive. And now with the market beta trade on, it's been a struggling situation. Let's look at the first range bound you can see here. That's that COVID low and basically doing nothing. But the long-term chart is what's compelling. We have a stock, of course, one of the great winners of all time. You'll see it here. And ultimately, I think it gets up and out of this sort of range, if you will. I'm a buyer. All right. So, Mike, what's your trade? Yeah, 19 times earnings, 6% uh, top line growth. They now actually have, in the United States, at least the best-selling beer, partially a function of Bud Light pulling back. Now, Modelo Especial, which is the, one of the ones that they distribute in the United States, used to be part of AB InBev. But when uh, AB InBev made some acquisitions, antitrust basically required them to sell that. That's Constellation's brand now. I think they are obviously a beneficiary of some of the controversy that's going on in that area. Uh, one quick point, you know, these types of stocks typically are not that volatile, but I'm going to look at a call spread. So we are going to be selling some options against the trade we're putting on. And the reason I'm doing that, actually, is that we think about volatility two different ways. One is just how expensive the options premiums are generally, but also how expensive they are relative to how much the stock moves around. This is probably a 14 percent volatility stock and the options are trading at 20. So I was looking at a 255, 270 call spread out to August. That was going to cost about three dollars and 70 cents. You know, we're looking at about one and a half percent or so of the current stock price to make a bullish bet and basically looking for that potential breakout. Minimal downside if it doesn't work out. You're giving yourself a couple months for this to work out. And we're spreading it just because the options premiums, while not expensive on an absolute basis, are a little bit expensive relative to how much a stock like this one moves around. What is your take on this trade, Brian? Yeah, I think when, you know, option premiums are kind of fair value, like Mike talked about, it makes sense to use a spread rather than an outright option purchase or an option sale. And in that sense, you know, so that makes sense to use a call spread to play the upside. And to Carter's point, yeah, I think Constellation Brands can move higher here. You know, when you look at a portfolio, actually, what we like to do is we like to own consumer staple stocks to go with sort of our tech growthy kind of plays. That mix, that barbell approach actually has played out really well if you look at that relative to, let's say, a buy and hold S&P position. So, 
Constellation is one of those consumer staples that I like owning in this situation. And so I can use a call spread like this to sort of add to my consumer staples and hold on to my tech stocks and have that barbell approach and, and do it using a call spread in this situation. All right, let's move on to a name that is reporting earnings next week. That would be CarMax, the auto retailer doubling the gains of the broader market so far this year, up more than 30 percent. So will the drive higher continue when results cross next Friday? Mike, what's your trade? Yeah, so, I mean, just speaking of barbells, obviously not exactly the same thing as taking a look at more of a Staples and, and beer seller versus tech. But CarMax is operating in a more discretionary space. And as we might expect, you know, I think we're in a really interesting spot right now. Car prices remain high. Valuation on CarMax remains relatively low. But this higher interest rate environment we're in basically is one of these things where I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to this upcoming earnings to see what the truth of the matter is. I think you want to take a hedged long bet here. I'm actually using a very similar trade to the one we saw in Constellation. However, in this particular case, the call spread I'm looking at is not only because the options are expensive relative to realize, but they're just expensive in a general case. An 82.5-95 call spread, which is a $12.5 wide call spread on a stock significantly less than Constellation. So we're looking at about an $80 stock here. That is also going to cost about three and a half bucks. So I think this is a way, and you're going to expect a much larger move out of earnings, by the way. This is also similarly a way to make a bullish bet without taking too much downside risk. We have had quite a, a run here. That doesn't mean you can't continue to press longs, but you want to do it in a way that risks less to the downside if we do see the market roll over. Brian, you like this trade? Well, it's not only just risking less, Melissa. In this case, I do like the trade, and I like it because when you look at earnings, I looked at last 15 quarters after earnings, and the stock's been up only three times, and uh, a bunch of times where it got crushed after earnings. So it makes sense to use a call spread, use options. I would not want to be owning this stock outright. I would not want to be taking sort of any leverage or excessive risks on this stock. But I take a look at it and I say, look, at the trend is to the upside. The car industry, the autos, we've seen Tesla move higher. A bunch of other autos start to move higher. Maybe CarMax is another one that goes with everything. And so can I play it to the upside? Yeah, but I got I to gotta do it in a cheap way. And this call spread makes sense that way. All right. Well, Brian likes to trade. Carter, do the charts agree? Well, uh, they do. Uh, just to point out, I mean, this is beta if you ever saw it. We know the stock market dropped 27 percent from its peak to its trough, S&P. The OEX and the QQQ is more like 30. And then this one was 67 percent. So let's look at the charts, two of them. You have all the hallmarks of a triple bottom, a bearish to bullish reversal, second iteration. We've moved above the downtrend line in effect since the high. So a 67 percent decline. All the makings of a turn, I think you do it, you get involved. All right. Up next, we are bringing you a trade update on Adobe. How to play the immediate move higher when OA returns. Back in two. Welcome back to Options Action. Last week, Brian laid out a way to play Adobe ahead of earnings. Results crossed, and that stock popped. Brian, your trade is near maximum green with a ton of time left until expiration. So what do you do? Yeah, it would have been nice if the stock moved a little bit slower to the upside, but I think there's still time to work on this. I mean, when I looked at their earnings that came out this week, yes, they beat their earnings uh, sort of estimates. They beat the revenue estimates. They guided a little bit higher, but it wasn't like blowout guidance like we saw on NVIDIA's earnings where they just blew it off the cover to the upside of what they were guiding in terms of revenue. So I think the stock probably sits still here. If I get called away on this trade, because we mentioned I was buying one call, selling two upside calls, but I wanted to do that with long stock position, right? 
So if I get called away on both at the 510 level, I'm still okay with that because I doubled up from 480 to 510. I'll probably be a little patient, but I think as time works itself out come mid-July is maybe I'll start to think about taking this trade off as it's paid off pretty well so far for me, being able to stay long stock and had some sort of protection on. But you know, now you've got to start to manage it and, and sort of watch it. Carter, what's your take on Adobe? I mean, this is when I think, you know, there's two ways to deal with great winners, right? You either let it ride, cut it in half, trim, or take it all off. My inclination is to take it all off. This is a heck of a move. I think the price is where it belongs, if you will. The stock is where it belongs. And now a little bit overdone, too steep trim. All right. Up next, tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some tweets. Our first fan asks, how do we feel about the Starbucks 105 calls for July 21st? Seems to be a gap to be filled around 106 after it bounced at 96.52. Brian, what do you think? I mean, maybe it'll fill the gap, but the gap down after earnings in May, the earnings report wasn't great. I don't love the stock, so no, I wouldn't buy a call here. I think there's lots of other things to own. All right. Our next tweet asks, the XLE two-year chart, does it look like it might be low on fuel? Carter. It, it is a little low on fuel, uh, sort of limping along. My hunch is to be contrarian, though, and to, again, reduce those that are the most steep and loved and crowded and expensive and double back and find laggards like this. Hmm. All right. Time for one more tweet. This one asks, I sold covered calls on NVIDIA, speaking of the steep ones, with a 320 strike price. Given the current price of the stock, when is the best time to roll out the position? Mike. I often look at rolling options once they get up to about 60 delta, and that way you don't let the thing get too far away from you. This one has gotten a little bit far away, but that's how I would look at it going forward. All right. And uh, Carter, what's your take on this chart? Too steep, huh? Uh, I think so. But, uh, you know, this is what makes it fun. Either that's incredibly uh, astute or really dumb. <laughs> All right. Time now for the final call on that note. <laughs> Carter, back over to you. Well, Nikkei, I think too steep and take some of money off and put it into laggard like the hang site. Brian Sutland. Yeah, you know, we're going to buy the hang saying FXI is the one to do Buy a call spread the 2933 call spread strikes. Mike Coe. Beer over coffee. I like Constellation brands. All right. That does it for us here on Options Action. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Have a great long weekend. We're back here next Friday, 530 p.m. Eastern time. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Options Action Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Options Action Disclaimer.
CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.